Good morning, everybody. All right. I want to greet those of you who are watching in our campuses today in Waterbury, in New Milford, in Derby. Um, I don't know about all of you, I'm sure, but um, here at our Bethel campus, we've just been sitting in the presence of the Lord. He's moving in power. I'm just going to praise the Lord that that's probably happening in Waterbury as well, in New Milford, in Derby, that God is moving. I love the fact that we serve a God that is alive, right? He ministers to our every need. Wherever you are in this world right now, in your circumstances, situations, whether your heart is heavy or light today, our God can minister to us and speak to us and cause breakthrough in our lives. And so we're so excited for that. I'm here with my friend, Pastor Craig. He's our family pastor here at Walnut Hill, and it's always a lot of fun to preach with Pastor Craig. You never know. You just never know what's going to happen. Yeah, we don't know. He doesn't know. I don't know. Let's go see what happens. We're going to see what happens. But uh, we're going to be talking about um, prayer today and how Jesus calls us to be prayerful people. Before we do that, I wanted to just quickly share something with you. In all of our campuses today, on the way out, you're going to get this piece of paper And what this is, is you probably remember when we started this year, we said, we want this to be a year where we go deeper in our walk with Jesus than we've ever gone before. Do you know whether you've been walking with Jesus for 50 years, or maybe you're just even exploring a faith with Jesus right now, there's more for you. There's always more for us to learn and understand about who Jesus is, to experience and encounter our living Jesus. And so on your way out, what we'd love to do is have you grab one of these, and it's what we're calling a check-in with Jesus. We are six months into our theme year called Jesus, and this is really something that we've put together for you to take into your quiet time with the Lord. Really good questions just to ask yourself and bring before the Lord and ask him, uh, how are you doing in your relationship with Jesus? How might you move forward in these next six months to really go deeper with Jesus than you've ever gone before? And so on the way out in all of our campuses, you'll receive that. But today, we want to talk about being prayerful. We're going to be in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 5 through 13, so you can turn there if you have your Bibles with you or an app of some sort. We'll also be in in a a bit of chapter 7 as well. In just a moment, Craig and I want to share really four words that we believe Jesus calls us to in terms of being prayerful. But before we do that, we want to talk about what it means to be prayerful uh, to us personally. Hmm. I love it in our passage today, uh, it starts by Jesus saying, when you pray. It's not this if you pray or if you get a chance to pray. Uh, Jesus is assuming that we are going to be prayerful people. So what does it look like to be prayerful? And Craig and I are just going to quick share, just kind of on a practical, more personal level, what we believe being prayerful means. For me, I'll just start by saying, I believe that being prayerful means being relational. Do you know that prayer is relationship? That's what it is. Prayer is talking and listening to the Lord. Praise God. With the grace of God that we get to speak to him and he speaks to us. What an amazing thing. I love how in in any friendship, um, there are times where you need to pull that friend aside and and have a one-on-one discussion. You know, he's like, we're going to go, we're going to sit down, and we're going to talk about something. Very serious, right? Very serious. Am I in trouble? That's happening with you right now. (laughs) That's about to happen right now. But then there are other times where you're just going about life, Hmm. and, and you're with one another, and you're, you're fellowshipping with one another, you're, you're in community together, you're walking through life, you're, you're talking, and, 
And that is prayer, friends. Mm -hmm. Prayer is relational, where we should be walking in step with the Lord throughout our day. But then there are more intentional times that we set aside to have those conversations to dig in a little bit deeper. But prayer is not just those moments. Prayer is this lifestyle of learning to walk with the Lord. Craig, what, what would you say in terms of you know, what it means to be a prayerful person? Yeah, I love that we are starting off with what our personal preferences are because I do believe prayer is personal. Yeah. As you said, it's a relationship that we have with Jesus and, and how I see it and how you see it in terms of how we express that will be different and that's the beauty of our creator. Yeah. These principles that we're getting, we hope that you take them and, and adapt your personality and your connection with God and grow in that. But the three that I, ch I chose three and they, they kind of represent me. The first one is uh, passionate. I'm a very passionate person and, and one of the things I love about prayer is that we have authority mm. to pray in the name of Jesus. Jesus has actually released us to do amazing things in his name. Yeah. What a privilege. Yeah. You know, to, to pray for healing, to pray blessing over someone, to break off curses, to, to pray prophecy, like some serious, serious stuff. Jesus has given us the authority. And that, that's powerful. And yeah. so I'm passionate about that. The second part is, is being committed. I'm a very committed guy, so I love this part. When, when I see Jesus in the New Testament, I know he was committed because he spent time with his father when it was dark. Mm which meant he got away either in the evening or early in the morning and sat with his father and was just learning and listening and talking and pleading. Yeah. And there's a beauty in that and we have to find the balance between the discipline versus being religious. Yeah. And, and the discipline is that you, you care enough to spend time with this Jesus, that you carve out time where it doesn't become religious as a, as a checkbox that you've done it. Mm -hmm. and it's very mm -hmm. important to, to separate the two. And then lastly, just a lifestyle. I think our lifestyle has to be bathed in prayer. Yeah. We speak about in the New Testament, there's a pray without ceasing. It's just something that we just need to do all the time. Mm. And as you said, there's, there's layers to that. So in this church, we talk about the first 20, that when you wake up in the morning, that you would spend some deep quality time yeah. with the Lord. And as your day goes on, that you would, you'll take him with you. Mm -hmm. As the Spirit leads and talks to you, that you would, you would have him with you. So maybe you get into a conflict and you want to react in the natural, and then you will step back and say, mm. Holy Spirit, like, what do you want me to do here? Yeah. Or simple as when you eat your, your meal, that you bless the food, that you pause for a moment and bring the creator of the universe into your space. Yeah. There's a beauty in that. Uh, it requires a discipline. Um, but as you get close into the relationship, it's something you desire. Yeah. It's awesome. You know, prayer is really what makes everything come alive in our faith. Amen. Hearing from him, speaking to the Lord, having that access uh, to the almighty God. This is an amazing thing. This is something, you know, we should be eager uh, to, to run into the presence of the Lord and learn more deeply how to keep in step with what he's doing throughout, throughout our day. We want to turn to our passage now, and we want to share four words with you of kind of teaching from Jesus about how to be prayerful people. Mm. And so I'm gonna read the passage and then I'll give the word. Let me give uh, first in Matthew chapter six, verses seven through eight, it says this. This is Jesus speaking. When you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. The word we believe from Jesus on prayer here is be you. I love that. How many of you have ever felt pressure to be somebody else in your prayer life? <laughs> to sound like somebody else? I can't pray because I can't pray like that. Maybe you've had that kind of pressure. We want to remove that pressure from you today. Amen. No, the Lord wants 
you, you. Did you catch the two don'ts in this passage? The first is don't babble on and on. Don't babble. Do you know God is not fooled by the phony? He's not. You can't fool God by coming in and trying to speak eloquently or do these things that you think is prayer and and babbling on and on and on in order to be seen. God is not fooled by the phony. Mm. God is not inviting us into prayer so that we can check it off a box or so that we can say we've done it. He's inviting us to meet with him, to hear from him, Mm. and have the opportunity to speak to him throughout our day. This is the invitation. It's raw. It's real. It's happening. <laughs> from the heart. It's from the heart. Yeah. And the other don't is don't be like them, he says. Don't be like them. Don't try to be like somebody else in your prayer life. Be you. Jesus teaches the Lord already knows your needs. This is Jesus saying he, he knows you mm. so well. Why would you try to be somebody else? And so it's so important, as Craig already said, in our prayer lives to, to learn how the Lord has knit you and created you. That's going to be your best indicators of how you are to meet with the Lord. Amen. If he's created you to be a person who's just outside, taking in nature, being active, that's a good indicator of how he might want to meet with you. Uh, the Lord does it. Be you. Be you. And so, Craig, maybe in this be you section... Mm. Can you talk to us a little bit about, you know, how have you found your unique way, unique, yeah, unique. way of meeting with the Lord? And tell us a little bit about what that looks like. Yeah, since we're talking about BU, I want to be very uh, vulnerable and authentic. So I have this very amazing picture that I put up. It's me and my finest hour. And you'll see it there in a few seconds. And as you look at it, all right, you will see that's very early in the morning. That's the first thing you will see, all right? <laughs> it looks like I wrestled a bear, okay? And the bear has won, all right? Behind is one of my favorite verses, turn your eyes upon Jesus, all right? It's me in my first 20, sitting in the corner of my room. There's a massive chair there, uh, I lean back, and I put on this very amazing blanket, not a Snuggie, that's not a Snuggie, by the way, don't want, I think it's a, I think it's a Snuggie, respect but Respect yourself, fine. no Snuggies there, and... Let's like, put it back up, let's put easy, it back up easy. for a second. Let's examine this a little bit. See, off the shoulders, there's space there. It goes all the way up to the neck. I don't know. Okay, take it down. You can take it down. I can another photo next time. And then I, I do Same. applesauce, cross legs applesauce. What's that thing called? Crisscross applesauce. You'll yep. see me. I'll do that. And it's just my time where I just get away and I, and I sit. And so I have a couple of thoughts with that. In your first 20s, the deep time. I'm talking about the time when you really want to mm. connect with the Lord. We are being who you are. There's no one around. It's just you and the king. Mm. What are some of the things it, it could look like? So the first one I said is set a time. I have found the earlier the time, the less the distraction. Mm. It is harder, and you'll look like that, but <laughs> it's just you and the king. Mm. Set a good time. Second thing is set the place. If, if you set the place, you know where to go, you'll know what to do when you get there. So find a place in your house where there's less distraction. Mm. There's something about that. I don't know what it is, that it's just your place. My kids know, my wife know, that's my place. Yeah. They see me there, they know what I'm doing. Mm. The next one I'll say is set the atmosphere. I live on, on quite an open land, and it's beautiful. There's all kinds of animals running through there, and I actually, I, I crack the screen up and I look. Sometimes I just sit and just look outside. I just sit there mm. before I even start my time with the Lord. Sometimes I put on music, and I just listen, and I just, I just sit in the spirit. Sometimes I meditate. Sometimes I will just worship the king in my own mind with the many things he's 
walked me through or, or guided me in. Mm. And then lastly is, is go with expectation. Yeah. We spoke about not being a religious check. Like, go there. Why are you going there to meet with the king? Why? Hmm. If it's to go there and to be connected, get connected. Yeah. And I think those intentional steps for me have been very helpful because it's carved away. I can very easily be comfortable with pray without ceasing and just go through my day with the king. Yeah. But I want to actually set some time, some quality time, yeah. before we start dancing. Yeah, absolutely. I think those are so great. And I love that expectation. Even in our friendships on earth here, when you go into those times with friends with expectation, you always get more out of it, yeah. right? Um, we, can, we can go through life and just kind of miss things when we don't open our eyes yeah. to really see what the Lord might be doing. So thanks for sharing those. Let's move on to Matthew 6, 5 through 6. This is what Jesus says. <clears throat> When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites, there's another don't, who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, and pray to your Father in private. Then your Father, who sees everything, will reward you. Mm. The, what we believe the Lord is saying to us in being prayerful is to be humble. Be humble. This is the posture to take as we come before the King of Kings. Mm. Be humble people. You know, when I look at this passage, I think to myself, um, prayer is not competition. It's not a competition to try to pray better than somebody else, to try to pray more than somebody else, to try to pray to be seen. The people that Jesus was speaking about here was saying, listen, if you want your reward to be that you might be seen as holy, well then pray and so that you can be seen. That's gonna be your only reward. Your only reward is gonna be some people going around, wow, that person's holy. It's fake. But it's fake. Yeah. So big deal. Big deal if that's the reward. There's a deeper reward for you mm. in prayer. Meeting with the king. Amen. Hearing his voice that will bring breakthrough in your life. Hearing his voice for other people that will bring breakthrough in their life. Uh, comfort in times of great sorrow. Mm. There are so many better rewards than you just looking holy. If that's all you want, well then go and pray in public so that people can see how holy you might be. But there's deeper and greater rewards. And so mm. prayer, it's not a competition. And I, I often say this, is that how you pray is not as important as how you come to pray. Did you catch that? How you pray, like what it sounds like, is not as important as how you come to pray. Mm. The posture in which you come is so important. And we need to come as humble people. We're stepping into the presence of God. We're meeting with, with Jesus. It's so important. I found, I don't know, this is just a little you know, entry into the mind of Brian in sermon preparation, right. but I was looking for an analogy here and I found one. And I found this water slide. It's called Kilimanjaro. And it is 164 feet tall, which for my water sliding is about 140 feet too tall, <laughs> right? So 164 feet tall. So I did a little research on this and you know, they instruct you on how to go down the slide. You can't just kind of throw yourself- Head first. Right, like yeah. a Chick-fil-A slide yeah. or yeah. something like that, right? No, you've gotta like prepare for this. And you've gotta cross your feet, we won't talk too much about that. Important. We gotta cross your arms, you gotta lay all the way back completely straight. And the people are telling you that up there, saying this is what you gotta do before you go down the slide. And here's why, if you don't go down that in that posture, it's disastrous for you, right, disastrous. And maybe for everybody else around yeah. too, it's yeah. disastrous. 
And, and here's the thing, if we don't come in the right posture before the Lord, um, it could be disastrous for us. Uh, we need to come in this posture of humility. Uh, this is where we're really set up mm. to hear from him, set up to, for him to really hear our hearts in the, that moment. And the posture is, is so, so important. Let's talk about this a little bit practically, Craig. And, and I want to just ask you, you know, how do you approach the Lord uh, humbly? Like, what, is that, what does that look like? Yeah, I would say I don't uh, approach him enough as humbly as I should most of the time. <laughs> I, think, I think I'm very quick to forget in my deep times with the Lord that I'm actually meeting with the creator of the universe. Yeah. Like, this guy spoke the world into existence with his, with his, with his lips. Yeah. And so sometimes I'm flippant. Sometimes I'm just, hey, I'm arriving here. And I think that mm. there needs to be in me an awareness that, listen, you are meeting with the yeah. creator of the universe. Yeah. Just saying that humbles me right now. I'm like, whoa, like I've got I've to pull myself in a bit and, and, and lower my head. Mm. And I forget that too often. Yeah. And so that's one of the things I'm really trying to do is, is, is be reverent of my, my Savior. Yeah. Um, the other thing, I, I think I need to come with more of an honest heart versus an agenda. Mm. Right. So if I know I'm meeting with, with the king and, and I'm coming with an honest heart, I can remove my agenda away from the things that I want because I want a lot of things. I'm greedy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. What, is, what does he want? Right. Um, right. The next one I'd say I would submit myself to, to what God wants by, by listening. Mm. I don't listen enough. Mm. I mean, I want to tell him and tell him, but I need to listen. Yeah. And then lastly, it's just important, I think, to, to worship the king. Because I think when you worship, you remind yourself this is bigger than you. Yes. And so yeah. what does worship look like? You know, just closing your eyes and, and proclaiming these amazing things about this, the Savior. Yeah. yeah. And I don't think I do that enough. And I think when I, when I find this humble posture, like I'm instantly in, in the throne with the king. Mm. I'm sitting in, in a peace and a calm that I can't explain. But I would trade that for me just being greedy. Yeah. And I, I need to pull that back and, and, and find that, that balance, mm. especially in my, my first 20. Yeah, wow, that's really helpful. I wanna say this too, and um, Craig and I are gonna share some personal stories with you uh, today because we want you to, to help you understand how real prayer is. And I'm gonna share one with you right now in, in terms of being humble. Um, because I, I want you to understand that being humble doesn't mean checking your emotions at the door. Um, being humble, you can come before the Lord in humility and there can be some struggle. You can come before the Lord with humility, but there could be some questions and doubts that you have, mm. and that's okay. You can come before the Lord with a posture of humility and be upset about something, but there's something different about a posture of humility than a posture of pride and being upset. Mm. And the Lord can really minister to you when you come with a posture of humility and you're upset. I shared with you several weeks ago that we were praying for my brother-in-law, Becca's brother, for a miracle. And uh, we didn't get the miracle we wanted. Mm. And Carrie passed on Christmas Eve. It's been really hard. And uh, we've been wrestling with the Lord. A lot of things that I've taught you, I've had to go back and say, okay, do I believe this stuff? <laughs> mm. Do I believe this stuff right now? And uh, we, we were really praying that God's promises would, would heal him, that God would heal him. And um, I'm thankful he is healed. It's just not the, the way we wanted it to happen. Mm. And I gotta be honest with you, I was angry. Beck and I, we were upset, probably still upset mm. in this moment, asking 
why? We prayed, man. We pr- like, we really prayed. We prayed for this. You prayed, thank you. Why? And you know, a posture of humility says, all right, Lord, I'm gonna be honest with you, but I'm gonna be honest knowing that you're the king, Amen. that you are God. And I can tell you, when you come in with a posture like that, and what I've experienced, and what Becca's experienced in this season, and our, and our whole family, is the presence of God. And we've learned that the presence of God is more important even than the promises of God. The presence of God. Mm. That we might be a people in his presence. That we might know his comfort. That we might know his, his love for us, his grace and his mercy. And you receive that, not through a, pro, uh, a posture of, of arrogance and pride, but a posture of, of humility. Lord, teach me. <laughs> Speak to me in this moment. Do you want to just tell me the line that your brother-in-law gave you that, that was really powerful for me when you, when you told it, if you caught that? Yeah, yeah. So right before his passing, he said to my girls, because they were asking questions of him, and he said, girls, here's what I've learned in this season, that it's better to know him than to know the answers. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to preach a, a larger sermon on that at some point. It's true. It's better to know him than to know the answers. I hope that ministers to somebody in the room today of how to come into the presence of God with difficult things. Mm. It's okay. He can handle it. He can shoulder it. In fact, he's the only one who can minister to you in that spot, that peace and that comfort uh, in, the, in the most difficult times. I think he would actually prefer, prefer you to be in the raw in that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah, thank you. Yeah. Let's keep moving here. Um, a, a couple more. Matthew 6, 9 to 13, Jesus says this, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. The word we have here, we believe Jesus is teaching us about being prayerful, is be bold. You might recognize this as the Lord's Prayer. Uh, This is Matthew's version, the NLT, so you might have learned it in a different way. But this is the Lord's Prayer. And and Craig, as I was looking at the Lord's Prayer, I thought, wow, these are bold prayers that Jesus is teaching us to pray. It starts right off with a bold prayer. Our Father. (laughs) This is bold. Jesus is saying, you can come right to the Father. No priest necessary, no pastor necessary. You can come right into the presence of God. No matter who you are shepherds, criminals, priests, pastors, workmen, whatever, whoever you are, you can come into the presence of God and say, my father. I mean, that's bold. And it continues to be bold. He invites us to pray for heaven to invade earth. I'd encourage you to look back at the Lord's prayer and see how bold this prayer is. Mm. And, and Jesus, he's teaching us to be bold in our prayer life. And uh, not just to pray boldly, but to live boldly. In these prayers, it's, you know, forgive us that we might forgive others. It's, it's about our living that we might live boldly. Hmm. And uh, Craig, I'd love for you just to share a little bit into this about, you know, what it looks like to, to pray boldly, but also to, to live boldly yeah. as prayerful people. Yeah, I love that we did the humble before the bold because we could get that mixed up and, and right. mess this whole thing up. And for me, being bold isn't being stupid or being brash or being rash is actually sitting back and asking the Spirit to speak to you in those moments when you feel yeah. some tension. Yep. And that's the living part, is, is like, what do I do when, when, when God's moving in me 
and it may be an awkward or uncomfortable situation, what do I do? Am I bold enough to make that next step? So I thought of a story, I don't know if you guys uh, know the story, but I'm going to back it up a little bit. I was at an event, a, a, a semi-Christian event, and I was with my son, and I, I saw a guy at this event, and I was thinking, like, is he a man of faith? Is he just hanging out? Because it was quite a fun event, but there was a Christian line to it. And I pointed out to my son that he's actually, it was a, a, a quarterback on the NFL, and now he, he's, a, he's a commentator on ESPN. Dan Oslowski, I think his name was. And in my mind, I'm like, I wonder why he's here. I wonder what he's all about. Hmm. I'll tell you what. A couple of weeks later, he showed me what he was all about. Mm. And I don't know if you guys are familiar with the NFL, but I'm assuming most of you heard about a couple of Mondays back, um, there was an injury on the field by Damon DeMar. DeMar. Hamlin. Hamlin, yes, I got it backwards. Very good. Um, fact check, I appreciate that. Um, <laughs> and it seemed like the nation just started praying for this guy. Yeah. I don't know if you, if you witnessed it. It was unbelievable. People were in, 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 the teammates were down praying, the, 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 the team was asking for God to show up. It was, it was a powerful moment. Yeah. Well, I don't know if you saw the clip that was on ESPN by this guy, Dan. He's, he's, he's sitting with his, his co-anchors and he's talking and he starts fidgeting. I love it when, when he's fidgeting, I'm like, something's going on there. Mm. Something's about to happen. <laughs> and I, I, I can see him wrestling and then he just goes, you know what? We've been talking about prayer quite a bit. I'm going to pray now. Here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to close my eyes. I'm going to bow my head, and I'm going to pray for this fella. Mm. And I'm thinking, whoa, 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 national TV? This is a big deal. In our culture, that dude's canceled. Right. He's done. But there's a moment just before he prays, and I want you to go back and check this clip, this clip out on YouTube. He's literally doing this. <laughs> and I know he's thinking, yeah. Holy Spirit, you're telling me to pray here, but this is big. Yeah. This is bigger than me. And he's still wrestling because he's kind of just moving the moment along. And then it becomes a time, I call it the chicken line, when he just goes, you know what? I'm <laughs> stepping over this thing. <laughs> yeah. And I'm going to lay it down. And he prays this beautiful, beautiful, beautiful prayer. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yeah, that's what he's all about. Not only was he bold to step out, his prayer was from the Father. Yeah, yeah. And we need to be more bold yeah. at the right times. Yeah, yeah. This is a call right now, church, to be bold in your prayer life. And I wanna ask you, you know, what is God calling you to pray for, to really pray for? Oftentimes here we say, what are you gonna pray your guts out for? <laughs> what, what bold prayer are you bringing before the Lord? Is there even something right now that you're kinda of thinking, well, I don't think God could do this. Um, I don't know if God could meet me in this. Bring it before the Lord. Pray for it, pray bold prayers. Last word comes out of Matthew's Gospel, chapter seven, verses seven through eight. This is what Jesus says, keep on asking, and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking, and you will find. Keep on knocking, and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. Everyone who seeks, finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. The word here from Jesus is be persistent. You know, there are lessons that we can learn in our faith and growth that happens in our faith only through a season of waiting and persistence. How many of you have experienced that before, praying for something and and just persistently praying for it? Maybe some of you are in a season like that right now. And there are things that we can learn through those seasons. We often talk about how God is the God of the process. He walks with us in those moments. They're maturing and growing moments. We learn several things from a season of persistence and waiting. We learn oftentimes that that God's timing is much better than ours. Maybe he, he delivers or he answers that prayer in a time that's better than we would have orchestrated. 
We also learn, as I said before, that God's presence is, is better than the answer. When we're persistently going before the Lord and seeking him, he meets us in those times. He ministers to our heart and to our souls. I think the other thing that we, we learn through persistent prayer is that there's a battle going on. Mm. That we need to be reminded of that we are here on this planet to bring light into darkness, to destroy the work of the evil one. That's what we're here doing, trying to accomplish, building God's kingdom. And so as we pray and as we choose to pray, what we're choosing to do is to stand on the front lines and to really go to to make impact for the kingdom of God. And we're going to experience resistance because the evil one doesn't want to see that kingdom being built. Craig, let me ask you, and, and I know you've got a personal story to share here too with us about persisting in prayer and the lessons that you learned through it. Yeah. Can you share with us on that? Yeah, I'd love to. So when Brian first asked me to, to find a story, I was, I was running in my mind like the positive, <laughs> and there's so many powerful stories where God has shown up that I, I mean, I've shared some of them with you. And I was going through it, and then I read, I read some of the notes we'd put together, and it was like, have you ever been through a time where you felt God didn't show up? Mm. And I was like, no, he's always showed up, so that's not a, not a situation for me. But then I remembered a time where I, where I thought he didn't show up. Mm. And so I'll, I'll take you back. About 22 years ago, I went through a divorce. And uh, the last six to eight months of that divorce, it was brutal. Mm. And when I say I went through a divorce, I didn't expect it was going to happen. Like this, this conversation wasn't between me and my wife. It wasn't something that we, we spoke about. It, was, it wasn't even on our radar. It just, it just she said, hey, I want to leave. Mm-hmm. And it, it literally, it, it, it smashed me. I was, I was like trying to gather myself when it was first mentioned to me. And those six to eight months, man, I was on my knees I mean, I was praying, I was meditating, I was fasting. In fact, it's the closest I've ever been to the Lord. Right. It was actually this beautiful moment with, with the hardest part of a moment. But I, was, I felt like the Lord was with me. Yeah. In the last weeks of that six to eight months, there was a turnaround. Mm. My wife at that time, she was like, I feel something happening. I, even the way I'm treating you, you're not behaving the way I thought. And I was like, oh yeah, here we go. Mm. The Lord's moving. And about a week later, I got a phone call and she said, I'm done, I'm leaving. Mm. I remember taking that call. I remember falling to my knees and crying. Mm. I don't cry much, but I was, I was weeping. Mm. And in that moment, I don't know if you've been in a moment when it's dark. This is, this is my situation, but you have, may have another situation when it's dark. And I felt for the first time confused, lost. And I'm, I'm sitting in this moment on my knees and I'm saying to myself, Lord, what did I get wrong? Right. What, what did I miss? What, what more could have I done? Like, I need to know, like, what's going on here? Like, this is, this is torture. Mm. And, I, and I heard the enemy say, where's your God? Mm. And I knew it was the enemy because my God doesn't speak to me like that. Mm. And, you know, in my response, I said, I want to find out. <laughs> I'm going to find out. And what I found out is our God is faithful. Yeah. Our God is kind. Our God's promises are true. His mercies are new every morning. Yeah. He will never leave us. He'll never forsake us. And so I walked through that divorce, broken, not wanting what I received. Hmm. But as I stepped back, 12 years or so back, 22 years back, even now, I look how amazing our God is. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and I learned something very powerful. I mean, it doesn't matter what happens to me now. <laughs> I know my king will walk me out of anything. Yes. I fear nothing. Yes. I fear yeah. nothing. Yeah. Now, what happens often in these moments is that we want the product, we want the thing we want, which is okay. Hmm. But God is about the process. 
He wants to know who you are. He wants to show you who he is. So no matter what it ends up being, you know it's the right thing because he's with you. And so that's the lesson that I learned that I wanted to share with you guys, that this this God we serve, find him. Spend time with him. And whatever comes your way, he'll walk you through it. Yeah, amen. Thanks for sharing that, Craig. Appreciate that. You know, we, we wanted to close by asking you what's on your heart right now. Uh, there used to be this old, you know, sports phrase. I've been told since that it's, it's very old and dated. Um, but this phrase, bring it. Do you remember ever saying that? Like, bring it, you know? I think it's let's go now. Let's go yeah, yeah, now, okay. It. Now that I'm more relevant now. Mm-hmm. Let's go. We, we wanted to ask you, what do you need to bring to the king? Um, will you bring it to him? What's on your heart Will you bring it to him? What's struggle? What, what's causing anxiety in your life right now? What's causing worry? Uh, what situation are you going through right now? Bring it to the king. Bring it. Bring it boldly. Come in a posture of humility. Mm. Come as you. Don't try to be somebody else. Come, come as you. Uh, come ready to receive from him. We want to encourage you today And in this week, to really bring your prayers before the Lord. Meet with him. Set that time aside. Allow him to speak to you and openly speak to him. Friends, it's about a relationship with him. Mm. And he's given us this gift called prayer, which makes everything in our spiritual journey come alive. And so let's take Jesus' words and let's be prayerful people. I'm so thankful for this church. This is a prayerful church. Mm. So thankful for it. Let's continue to press in. Uh, to speak and hear from the Lord. Hey, we pray that this has been helpful. Uh, We pray that it's challenged you. Uh, We pray that it's inspired you uh, to go and uh, spend time with Jesus and to bring your prayers before him. We pray all this in the powerful name of Jesus.